Tell me if this has happened to you before. You're at work, at school, or maybe even at home, and the topic of religion comes up. How does it make you feel? Do you freeze and nod along to everything that they're saying? Or do you let them know just how different your religious views are? It can lead to some awkward situations, especially when it's with a loved one or friend, which is why sometimes people find it easier to avoid the conversation altogether. But should we avoid it? Is it possible to agree to disagree over something as important as salvation? Let's have a heart and soul conversation. You're listening to Heart and Soul, a podcast from the Iglesia Cristo Church of Christ. I'm your host, Martin Zerudo, and I'll be interviewing young adults from across the world who are living Christian lives, but are also dealing with real world problems. This is Heart and Soul. Today, we'll be talking about how to handle conversations with our friends or loved ones who have different religious views than ours. Our first guest today is Alejandro from Montclair, California. Alejandro is 22 years old, single, and is a college student studying law enforcement. He's a former Catholic and recently joined the Iglesia Cristo Church of Christ in 2017. He's here today to talk to us about the conversations he's had with a friend that actually led him to find the true church and the difficult conversations he now has and tries to have with his own brother now that he's found the truth and is trying to share his faith. Hello, Alejandro. How are you today? Hello, Brother Martin. I'm pretty good right now. Weather's great. You know, enjoying life. Thank you very much. So you said weather's great over there? Yeah, pretty good. (laughs) Not too cold, I'm sure. And our second guest today is Mark. Mark is uh, from Toronto, Canada, right here. And he's actually sitting right in front of me. Mark is 30 years old, single, and works full-time at INC Media Services. He actually sits right behind me in our office, and he's also an established wedding photographer and loves to work out with friends and eat out with friends, too. That is very much true. He's here to talk about his experiences in sharing his faith and what happened when one of his good friends actually decided to sign up for Bible studies, but unexpectedly changed their mind. Hello, Mark. How are you today? Hey, Martin. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. All right, so our topic for today is about the difficulty and differences we encounter when talking to our friends or loved ones about religion. Now, when talking about our religious differences, does every conversation have to end up with someone being right or wrong? You know, is it okay to respectfully agree to disagree without feeling like you've given up? Well, we've actually asked our listeners on Instagram using our hashtag heart and soul conversation. And we asked them when they're confronted with conflict, how would they handle it? Would they fight or would they flight? And here's what some of them had to say. If I cherish the relationship, I always try to address the conflict, even if that makes it uncomfortable at times. However, my silence is a clear sign that I do not care. And if I receive that, I read it the same way. So that was Christine from the United States. Up next, we have John Kevin from Switzerland, and this is what he had to say. Depends if I think something good and useful can result from it. If I don't really care about the reason of the fight or if the person is really close-minded and it's useless to try and argue, then I would just avoid it. So again, that's John Kevin. And lastly, we have Iris from Paris, France, and this is what she had to say. It really depends on the situation, if it's worth fighting for or not. Because on the moment, sometimes it's really hard to control your feelings or your emotions. So again, that's Iris. Listening to our responses, it's clear that it's not an easy conversation to have when you hear those experiences from other people around the world. Alejandro, how does that make you feel when you hear their sentiments about when they're engaging those kind of conversations? You kind of have to be careful on what you're going to say to those people. Because there's many emotions going on. So you kind of have to tiptoe to get your point across. But even then, it can still heat up the conversation and cause you to have problems with that person, maybe. 
is it awkward? Does it feel awkward? Do you, would you rather not have those kind of conversations about faith? I actually would rather have a conversation, but of course I would, um, try to do it in a place where it's more, um, appropriate. Right, right. And Mark, you know, when you hear people who say, uh, if the conversation's kind of going south, I'd rather just avoid it and I don't want to deal with it. Can you relate to that? I guess to me, just, it, it just really depends who I'm, who I'm having a conversation with, you know? I know it might not be a factor, but it could be depending on their age, their maturity level, if that's the topic that they're willing to have and be open about. Because I know sometimes when we're a little bit younger, we're just afraid of what everyone thinks about us, right? And the whole idea of being vulnerable in, in a faith aspect, not everyone gets. Or wants to do. Or wants to do, exactly. And I know that, you know, for us too, growing up, in the church and having friends who don't understand what that is, you know, for them, it's kind of just like, it's, it's foreign, right? So for you, for someone like us to express that, that side of our life, I, I can understand why people are afraid because they don't want these other people to think that we're, we're this group of people. That's different. That's different. Exactly. Right. right. And speaking about that, because you grew up for most of your life in the church for Alejandro, uh, what religion did you grow up in, and what was that like, Alejandro? The teachings as a kid, what were those teachings like? What what made sense to you? What didn't make sense to you? My parents have been the Catholic before I was born. I was baptized in it when I was an infant. But years later, my older brother introduced my parents to the Christian church. It was a denomination. We were going from one church to another when things just didn't seem right. I remember that the leader of the church was married, and he divorced her to marry a younger one. You know, It just didn't seem right. There was also a time in the in the same church where one of the pastors married a couple and the groom was drunk. The groom was drunk? Yeah, like literally drunk. Oh my gosh. In front of everybody who in the ceremony? Yes, there was. Wow. He was in the front with his wife. It's crazy. And then after the ceremony had ended, he um, went around to where we were eating at. And really, he just didn't have that sober way to walk. And how old were you when you were seeing all this crazy church stuff? I was already 17 or 16. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, I kept going, but I told my mom after, look, I went to church. This is what happened. And even she was thinking about, like, why are we going to that church then if this stuff is happening? Right, right. It just didn't feel right going back? It didn't feel right. No, after some time, there was nothing there for me to keep going for. So after that experience, did you ever try and look for another church? Uh, no. Actually, I stopped after some time before I was invited to the church. I stopped going there. And the only thought was, I'll try to look for God my way. I self-teach myself with the Bible. Try to learn what God wants me to do. And then from there, just live my life like that. Not go to church anymore, but still obey Him. Right. How did you go from trying to teach yourself through the Bible and then eventually learning about the Church of Christ? So since that was my thought to just self-teach myself, my friend Lanwell, he contacted me through Facebook. I was posting verses of the Bible there. He messaged me. He's like, bro, you know, I'm going to just tell you straightforward. Uh, I want to invite you to church. Can you go? And so by that time, since I wasn't going to the other church, I just said, yeah, sure. When? So he just said, oh, um, let's do it this Monday. Wow. After work, I get home and he picks me up with his brother. And then for sure, we head to church. I remember that lesson was about uh, the love of the brotherhood. It made total sense to me from that point. But my main concern was about salvation. I see. I wanted to know, like, what do I have to do? to be saved. Now, before all this, had you and Lanwell already been friends or did he just randomly add you on Facebook and said, hey man, you want to come to my church? No, we were friends in high school. Ah, I see, I see. And had religion ever come up in your conversations? Yeah, they came up uh, sometimes during lunchtime. There was this other guy with us. He believed in the Trinity and Lanwell would 
talk to him about it too. Like, no, that doesn't exist. Or if there's just one God. Mm-hmm. Mark, in, in high school, did religion ever come up in conversation in the cafeteria? Oh, many times, actually, because there were a lot of us in my previous locale that went to school together in high school. So our mix of friends were our church friends, and then we had our friends just from school, but we all sat together. So everyone would always ask us, how do you guys know each other? How are you guys so close? And we would always just tell them, oh, we grew up at church together. They ask, oh, what church do you go to? And we'd say, oh, the Church of Christ. And then from there, they'd be like, oh, what do you guys believe in? And we would tell them that we're Christian and we follow what's taught to us in the Bible. And usually it would drop really quickly because after that, after we would mention the Bible, they'd be like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then they'd go on to the next topic. But then there would also be times when we would invite them to evangelical missions. And then that's where they would learn a little bit more about us. And um, so that's usually how how it went around for us. For myself, actually, in high school, also a lot of members of the Church of Christ uh, in the same high school that I went to, but it was very cliquey. Not that we wanted to separate ourselves, but like the sections of the school and the cafeteria were split up. But, you know, we all lived harmoniously in the four years in high school. Alejandro, what made you decide, like, you know what, this is the church that I want to join? I actually um, started seeing what people conducted themselves more inside the worship service. Wow. What was so different? The worship service was very calm. It wasn't like yelling or jumping or uh, people babbling stuff out of their mouths. It was all done in order and never seen before. That's something that really caught my attention. Right. So you eventually joined the church, and we now get to the heart of the topic where you've now been able to actually share your faith with your parents, and I believe your sister, right? And they've joined the Church of Christ as well? Yes. But your brother is a different story. Tell us about your brother, your relationship with him. So my brother, he would try to encourage me, you know, to, to pray to God, you know. But um, going here to the Church of Christ, I've noticed that he's actually more um just trying to attack more towards us for lack of a better word you mean he's not too fond of you being a member of the church of christ you mean like your discussions about faith was more civil before but now that you're part of the church it's not so civil yes i see it's something that i've never seen before even when we were going to the other denominations right right is he your older brother right now he's the oldest one that i have here close i see i see would you consider your relationship with this brother close not too close yeah, when we have the topics of religion and stuff, I still try to, to, to invite him to church. Tell us about a time, Alejandro, where you've had a conversation, a conversation uh, with your brother about religion that didn't go so well. So one day my parents uh, and I got back from church. I don't remember too well exactly, but I think he did call me. And these were the early days of us being members of the church and my parents as well. So we started again to debate about the church. He kept on telling me that God is not looking for you to be in the church, he just wants you to obey him. Mm. And so that's when I told him, well, it's in the Bible that we have to go to church. So by going to church, we are obeying God. So I would quote these verses from the Bible to him, but he would just keep cutting me off. And that got me frustrated to even keep trying to talk to him about it. Right. Now your conversations with your parents and your sister and trying to explain to them why they should join the Church of Christ, how did they differ from this kind of conversation with your brother? In regards with my mom? Yeah. She came back from a Bible study like 10 at night because yeah. I had some questions to ask the minister. And so I got home. My mom was still awake and I explained to her, look, this is right here in the Bible. Jesus Christ is not God. And these are all the verses that lead to that point that Jesus Christ is not God. Yeah. That night she, she went to sleep mad. But after some time that I kept going to church, she just actually started accepting the fact that, yeah, it's in the Bible. I can't deny that. Right. If this is what I believe in, I can't deny it. So 
she started going coming with me to church and then my mom little by little started pulling my dad as well and then uh he started going to church as well wow which is something that he hasn't done in a long time and that really that really got me happy that he started going to church as well so once my mom and dad started coming with me to church that's when i approached my sister how did she take it the way it happened was she invited us to her church we weren't baptized yet mm. we went to her church and i tried to note down as much verses as i can because i would note down um the verses that the minister would would give and i didn't get as much and his topic was just bouncing from one to another mm. and then there was some things that he would say that was contrary to what the church of christ teaches and so after the, her after the worship service at her church i explained to her look this is what your pastor said and this is what the bible says now what your pastor says does it coincide with what the bible says and she would say no it's not it it doesn't make sense so i'm like okay i went to your church now i'm inviting you to mine and that's when she started coming to the church of christ right you know i i myself i wasn't born in the church mm-hmm. and i remember uh, we were raised catholic and baptist i believe and i just remember going to church as a kid in those churches or those religions and it was just chaos kids running around adults kind of shouting or yelling sometimes clapping mm-hmm. and, and, and in my head i'm like okay i guess this is what worship is supposed to be like but it really didn't make sense to me and then eventually when my mom brought me and my older brother to the church of christ just in the children's worship service i was like wow this is so different from the sunday school that i used to go to where everybody's just running around and then the adult worship service was was like super solemn and it was such a new thing for me and i was like 11 10 years old like wow this is actually what a worship service is supposed to be like so i can definitely see where you're coming from but knowing that your brother did not take to what you were talking about the way that your parents did the way that your sister did you know how did that make you feel that he wasn't seeing the things that your other family members were able to see it would get me mad sometimes i think that it's probably just his stubbornness right or his ego Mm-hmm. that blinds him to not want to come to the Church of Christ. And so, you know, if that's the case, then I can't do much there. That's something that he just has to deal with. But what made you so angry? What What was it that you needed him to understand? What What was the urgency there? My urgency for him, it's uh, it really is regarding salvation. You wanted him to be saved, and you're worried that he wouldn't be. Yes. I'd like to go to an article now from the Reno Gazette Journal, and they actually post this question when talking about having non-religious friends or friends who have different religion than we do. And it says, if our religion is the only right way, why should we be friendly with someone who is surely going to hell? How can we reconcile when we know that our friend's worship is to a false god? As friends, is it not our duty to bring him or her to the right path? And so the journal is asking this question that if we have friends or family members who are not believing in the things that we believe in, and we know and we believe that what we're doing will lead us to salvation, shouldn't we try anything and everything to make sure that our friends and our, our family members find the truth? Because like the journal said, like one person is going to go to hell, one person is going to go to heaven. It's a very uncomfortable prospect to pose to somebody who either isn't religious or believes in another religion where they think they're the ones that are going to be saved. Now, I want to bring Mark into the conversation. Mark, you're a member of the Church of Christ. You were born and raised in the church. I'm sure you've had many opportunities to share your faith with a lot of different people. One person in particular, your friend Andre, tell us about how you guys met and how you were eventually able to invite him to worship service. So Andre uh, and I, we met through uh, kickboxing. And I was fairly new to the activity, and 
usually in the classes you partner up with someone and so we were partners and you know he was just asking where I was from what I do for a living um and then when I mentioned the church he was like oh I I I do know some brethren from your church so he actually invited me out for dinner one time and he he was like yeah maybe we should we, we should grab a bite sometime after working out or something so I told him yeah absolutely so that time we did end up going out to eat he was the one that actually asked all the questions and i didn't even bring it up at all other than the fact that i work for the church now what were some of the questions that he had he just said oh um you know when do you go to church and i told him oh i i I usually attend on a thursday early morning or a wednesday night and on the weekend either saturday or sunday he's like oh so you go twice a week and i said yeah there's a midweek service and we have a weekend service and then he just straight up asked, would it be okay if I came with you sometime? Oh, wow. And I said, absolutely. I asked him too, like, you know, what, what faith did you grow up in? Where, where do you come from? And he told me that he grew up, his family is Catholic and that that's what they grew up in. Um, but he told me that they don't always go to church together. It's just dependent on their work schedules. But at that time too, he hadn't attended in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, you know, what what do you believe in? What's what's your faith? And and he told me that, you know, I I'd like to think that all good people will go to heaven. Mm. You know, you do good to those who need it, and it'll come back to you. Um. So I said, yeah, you know, uh, if you ever, whenever you do want to come, the door the door is open. So he asked me, okay, when is the next time you're going to go to church? And I said, actually, I'm I'm going to go to church tomorrow morning. And he said, is it okay if I came with you? Wow. And I said. Just like, you know, this is at 5.30 in the morning when people are usually sleeping. Right. I, you know, I'm not forcing you and I, I know that's a very time, early time to come into. So if you wanted to go to another time, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I want to go with you in the morning. So um, we did. What was his reaction to the worship service? Well, his first reaction after service was, wow, they didn't know there were actually people that woke up at the time <laughs> to go to church in the morning. Right. It's probably packed. Um, it was fairly uh, fairly full. I remember the worship service uh, at that time. It was about it was about Thanksgiving, right? Right, giving thanks, giving thanks, and remembering you know our our blessings throughout the year. Right. And oh, that's um, a great lesson. All back to God. So it, I remember sitting there and I was like, wow, this is a you know this is a really really good lesson. Afterwards, I said I asked him, you know, what did you think? And he the same thing as uh, Alejandro said that he mentioned that it was very solemn, it was very peaceful. He actually. For a moment, it was like I I never realized what it felt like to just sit with your thoughts in a place where you know it's quiet and um, I could just hear myself. Right, and that's the great thing, you know. Just just pause right there for our listeners who maybe are not members of the Church of Christ who have never been able to experience you know worshiping God in a, a house of worship of the Church of Christ. You know, say the worship service is at six o'clock at night. Doors are open roughly around half hour before, and you really have an opportunity to sit. In in the sanctuary, like Andre said, with your thoughts to just meditate. You know, a lot of studies out there that says, you know, the mindfulness aspect of it, the mental benefits of just being able to reflect peacefully and affirm yourself positively is so beneficial in all aspects, in your work, in your mental health, and in everything. And so being able to do that, like you said, twice a week, Mm -hmm. you get to worship God, you get to pray, and you get to sit there in your thoughts and meditate. So when did he decide he wanted to join the church? He didn't decide that he wanted to join the church, but he did decide that he wanted to learn oh, about the church. I see. And from the beginning, I told him, you know, whatever questions you have, 
or you know if there's any time that you you need some clarification on something we can always talk to the minister and and um that led uh, that led him to coming to one of the evangelical missions and it was after that that first one that he attended right. that he said that I'd like to learn more about your church um can I sign up for bible studies right now when we say sign up for bible studies that just means for those who aren't members of the church that it's 28 lessons completely free with a minister or worker of the local congregation that's nearest to you, which I'm sure they did for Andre, yes. works yep. around your schedule on when you're able to attend the Bible studies. And, you know, at the end of the 28 lessons, it doesn't mean that you automatically become a member of the Church of Christ. It's a really great way to continue your spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did that make you feel that your friend who you met at the gym, you know, was so eager to learn about the church and then signed up for Bible studies? I felt great. I've actually never experienced having a a friend, well, thankfully a close friend now, interested on their own to know what we do um in the church and what the church is all about. Right. So so for me to not even have to push anything on him, but you know, just got kind of be there with him and and have him listen. It was nice to know that maybe God is using me as as an instrument to mm-hmm. let him at least learn about our faith. Right. I remember, you know, because we're also good friends, you'd bring him to our hangouts, we'd all have mm-hmm. dinner together, we'd hang out, he'd help us out with some of our shoots here in mm-hmm. the studio. Really, really nice, great guy. Still, today, we, we hang out sometimes. But then something happened. He changed yeah. his mind. What happened? Halfway through the lessons, I want to say he maybe got through five or six lessons, and he sent me a text message un, un, unexpectedly uh, after one of the Bible studies. Uh, I had dropped him home, and then uh, when I got home, I had this, this really long text um, from Andre and in his text he mentioned first he thanked me and he said you know i really appreciate our friendship and you've you've been so kind and you know bringing me to all the lessons and um helping me whenever whenever i needed it and i'm so thankful to know that i have someone that is very faith driven and then near near the middle of the text message he said unfortunately i'm going to have to put a hold on on learning about your church mm. um not because I disagree with it or or I'm upset about anything, but I don't feel ready to keep going. And he mentioned that a big part of it is that he felt like he was betraying his family, who he actually did mention that he was going to church to, and there wasn't any factor of them stopping him. They mm-hmm. they kind of just said, you know, whatever makes you happy, you know, then then we're there for you. But I think a part of him, from what he was saying, he just said that he was abandoning, I guess, the roots of his family. And so he said that he was uh, ready to fully commit, and he was hoping that we can all still be friends. Of and course. He's like, you know, you've introduced me to a great pool of, of brethren and a community that I never thought existed. Right, right. I hope that I can still hang out with you guys. He said, if there's another opportunity for me to to want to learn or to continue on in learning, he's like, I hope I can come back to your church and I hope that this doesn't end anything or change anything. And I said, oh, absolutely not. The doors will always be open for you and, and our, the friendship and everyone that you've you've met continues you know and it doesn't make us think any less of you because i think he was worried too that he'd be ostracized because he didn't want exactly for not for believing something else alejandro i'd like to ask this concept of betrayal do you feel like your brother maybe feel like you know you joined a different church than what he was used to and what he used to go to with you you were able to get your parents to join the true church and then your sister do you feel like there's that element of like you kind of betrayed what we used to have 
as a family because you, you converted everybody to a different church than what we grew up in? Yeah, that could be a possibility too. He probably feels isolated from us in a way. Mm. And for that reason, that could that could lead him to to think that this is probably not the right church. And that's a, that's a difficult thing, right? Because it, it, it becomes not just a difference of beliefs, but it comes very like your team versus my team. Yeah. Which is why I think some of our listeners, uh, they kind of stray away from it. You could even hear from the, the social media comments was that it's not worth my time. I, I don't want, like, I'm going to share my faith, but if I know it's not going to go anywhere, if they already seem very adversarial, then I'd rather not. Thankfully for Mark, you were able to have a friend who was eager to learn who, even though they were very much entrenched in their family's faith, was willing to be open-minded about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, unfortunately, not everybody is. Mark, did you feel like you failed when he said he wasn't going to join or that he wasn't ready to fully finish all the lessons yet? Um, no, I, did, I didn't feel... I wasn't discouraged. I I think I was more hopeful that mm-hmm. it wasn't the complete, completely an end to, you know, something because at least, in a way, I, I was able to share something that's been part of my life, right. you know? Um, that's huge to me. So no, I don't think I I failed in that in that sense. Actually, my dad, who eventually became a member of the Church of Christ after twenty plus years of having conversations similar to the conversations you have, Alejandro, with your brother, he very much criticized why we went to church, why we spent so much time there, why we had to go to church and not just be a good person and go and you know and be saved. Um, and again, like your situation, Alejandro, it was me, my brother, and my mom. You know. It was the three of us that were members of the Church of Christ, and he was not. So he very much also felt isolated. I'm sure there was a level of betrayal there where we would always choose worshiping God over anything else. But the thing is, like you, Mark, a no now is not a no forever. And despite maybe the difficult conversations you've had, Alejandro, the difficult conversations I've had with my dad, and for any of our listeners who are members of the Church of Christ, who have had multiple difficult conversations with people who we care about, who we want to just share our faith with, it's not a no forever. Forever. And like Mark said, don't feel so discouraged that because it's it's not happening right now that it won't ever happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, there's still value, very much so, in just being able to share our faith in those kind of conversations. Now, I'd like to play one more clip, uh, and this is from Ian from the United Kingdom, and this is what he has to say about having conversations uh, with those who have different religion. When I'm speaking to someone about my faith and they don't agree, I try not to get too worked up about it. As a member of the Church of Christ, it's my duty to share my faith. And if someone has a different opinion, then I try to have an open mind about it, just so I can avoid causing drama. At the end of the day, everyone is entitled to have their own opinions. But I know that once I try, then I've done my part. Now I'd like to bring in Minister of the Gospel and show favorite, of course, Brother Richie Watko. Now, Brother Richie, what spiritual advice would you give to our listeners who do find themselves in a similar situation? You know, how do we share our faith, stand up for our faith, without seeming like we're judging others or, as Ian would say, causing drama? Is there comfort in knowing that even if they don't see eye to eye in how we believe and how we will attain salvation, that we can still respectfully agree to disagree knowing that we've done our part in sharing our faith? You know, to to respectfully disagree with someone, we always want to do it in a way to where what we're merely doing is following what is written in the Bible. That's why it's interesting to hear the conversations, hear some of the experiences of Alejandro and Mark, and even you yourself, Martin. There is a lot of work to, to put into it when you speak about your religion, when you speak about your faith. And it is also interesting to hear some that maybe say that they don't want to put in that effort if they feel that it's not going to go anywhere. Now, 
engaging in conversation regarding religion and faith is something that is not only encouraged, you know, for uh, for us, but it's rather instructed by the Lord Jesus Christ to those whom He recognizes as His disciples or those inside His church. He's the one that describes us in a particular way as Christians and what our responsibility is. And because we want to be driven by our faith, I will read what is recorded here in Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16. What is this instruction? What is it that he describes us as? Our Lord Jesus Christ says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So it's not only encouraged, it's not only something that we can do, you know, an option. No, it's an actual instruction. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. And the best way for us to shine is to share our faith, to tell people what we've learned, to tell people the biblical truths that we were able to hear. But in our sharing, we should not disregard the Bible's instruction on how to conduct ourselves. Because it's true, there might be some who, when they hear it, they might respond in all different ways. They might, uh, they might be angry, as we heard in some of the experience of those that are on the panel. But what is it that we're taught? How is it that we conduct ourselves? I'm, I'm going to read again also what's written because that is what is our guide. Here in 1 Peter chapter 2, the verses 17, it says, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now here we have a set of instructions, a set of guidelines. And notice it says, show proper respect to everyone. So the term everyone includes even those that don't agree with our beliefs. You know, uh, as I heard in Alejandro's, when he explained about his friend Lanuel, he was able to notice that even though people were not agreeing with what he was saying, he was able to keep calm. He was able to still show respect. And that caught his attention. You know, there might be others that get really frustrated, get really angry if somebody doesn't agree with them. But the Bible makes clear we should show proper respect to everyone. Now, since we are discussing, so we want to show proper respect to everyone. Since what we are discussing in particular is dealing with friends that have a different faith than us or uh, even converting others to different religions, we need to understand how that's done. How is conversion done or having faith or belief grow in someone because if one doesn't understand that it can lead to frustrations it can lead to you know people maybe being angry with each other if one shares their faith and the other person doesn't believe or converts then they feel that they failed what is that process of having a belief grow in someone who who didn't have it before the true faith i'll read here from first corinthians chapter 3 Verses 6, Apostle Paul clarifies, he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered the plant, but it was God who made the plant grow. So to have that grow in somebody, it is really God 
that does that. Everyone's just doing their part. If someone shares their faith, they've done their part, right? If that person believes, if that person joins the church of Christ, that will be part of the entire process. And it will be God himself that will make that grow in them. So with Mark, where he shares his faith, and then ultimately at the end of his story, he said that his friend did not convert or did not join the church. You know, he's, he did his part. And who knows, maybe that, uh, that seed that was planted in his mind, you know, hopefully it will grow uh, down the line. But then he was able to at least do what was instructed to him. We know that if one is going to join, they're going to join the faith. They're going to join the church, which the Bible makes clear, Church of Christ or the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to understand how is it that one is able to even join the church. Uh, again, let's go to what's recorded for clarity. I'll read here in 1 Corinthians 12, 18. It says, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. So it really is, it's God. It's God that is going to call someone to have the, the true faith, it's God that's going to add them to join the church. Therefore, no one should get you know, frustrated. No one should get too angry or even the other extreme where someone says, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to put the effort in anyway because you, you, you actually touched up on uh, something, Martin. You said sometimes people don't want to judge, so they're going to not say anything. Th that's actually the opposite because if you don't say anything thinking, oh, this person's not going to, nothing's going to happen anyway. Now you have judged. You're the one that, that judges if, if that person is, is going to have the faith or not. Leave it to God. How is it that you leave it to God? Just follow the instructions. What we do is we just do our part. We speak up. So we speak up, we share our faith, and it will be God that ultimately converts people to have the proper faith. We just do our part. Now, there are times where beliefs, they're going to contradict. That is the one thing that many people maybe have not observed. Everyone wants to do what's right. Uh, Mark, in his uh, story, he said that his friend said, all good people will go to heaven. That's his belief. Okay, they're great. But who is good? Because so what some people think is good is different from what other people think is good. So there will be, and we can see there's a lot of different churches. They all believe that they're doing what is right, but they're all doing things that are different. They have different names. They have different beliefs. They have uh, contradicting ways of worshiping God. So there is going to be uh, teachings that are going to contrast, that are going to contradict. So in doing our part, should we be timid to tell the truth if it is in stark contrast to what others presently believe? Or a question that others have is, uh, should we join in what we know is already wrong uh, just to help them come to the light? Well, the Bible is clear regarding what our focus should be in shining as lights. Uh, I'll read from Ephesians chapter 5, the verses 10 to 11. It says, Try to discover what the Lord wants of you, having nothing to do with futile works of darkness, but exposing them by contrast. So, like we said, when we do share our faith, if we're trying to figure out what really is the truth, there are going to be times where we can't avoid exposing what is false 
by contrast of what is true. So the whole purpose is to do what God wants us to do. So we're not just trying to please others. Like we said, we're not just trying to to build relationships for any reason, but we're actually trying to help others. So in Alejandro's account, he's sharing. He learned something himself. And that is natural. When we learn something that we feel is valuable, we feel is important, of course, we want to share it with others. You know, from any level of value, it could be, you know, a great restaurant, it could be a great movie, it could, whatever, all the way to this is the way that you're going to be saved. It, you inherently want to share that with others. So we can see he shared it with his parents. He shared it with, with his sister. They were able to realize this is good. Now, he shared it with his brother. His brother currently right now has not softened up to the idea of hearing, but he's still following. You know, Alejandro's still following the, well, the teachings of that's what we have to do. You know, leave that, leave that to God. So engaging in conversations regarding religion and faith is something really that strengthens our own faith. Because if we engage in conversation and for talking about it, then it enforces what we have. And why is it that we should do that? This instruction, and I'll read here in 1 Peter 3.15. It says, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are. The reason why we should be calm, the reason why we should not be frustrated, the reason why we should speak up is because we should know our faith. There are some that will get frustrated, you know, when we do engage in conversation with them because they might not know their faith. They might know what they were taught, but the basis of it, they might not know. So that when we, when we do talk about that, when we do speak about that, you know, that can get frustrating to them. But we leave that to God. You know, we do our part and uh, we hope and pray that you know, he will, uh, just as he has mercy on us, giving us the opportunity to actually know the truth written in the Bible, that they too will have uh, that chance and they will have the, that best opportunity to, to answer his call. Definitely. Thank you so much, Brother Richie. And for our listeners who are eager to share their faith uh, and are inspired, of course, by the verses uh, that Brother Richie has read from the Bible, there are a lot of tools online that make sharing our faith and make those conversations that much more easier, that much more simpler. If you go to the website, incmedia.org, um, right on the right side, there's a big red button that says questions. One of the main reasons why sometimes people avoid having the conversation about different religions is they don't always have the answer. We'll tell them to go to incmedia.org, put in their question, and then they'll get a response. And it's totally open to whatever interests or questions you may have about faith, about spirituality, about teachings in the Bible. It's all there for you. If they'd rather listen to a podcast, there's this podcast, the God's Message podcast. If they want to find something about their family or their kids, if you're a little bit older, there's Faith and Family, a lot of content that shows why we as members of the Church of Christ live the way that we are and how we act as Christians in the Christian family unit. You know, there's, if they have 
questions about depression, about solving problems in their life that they're trying to find the answers to. We have a, a show called The Solution. Everything that you find on incmedia.org is tailored to make that conversation that much easier. And, and it's just more tools to Brother Richie's verse that he read as, as the ones who are, are, are working on the field. There's more tools that we use. You're not just using your hands when you're planting a seed, right? You have tools. You have other things that'll help you to make sure that when it's time for God to make it grow, that it's been prepared the right way. And, and that website not only helps people understand our faith, but also, as Brother Richie said, helps us in our faith to remind us why we ended up joining the church in the first place. Now, before we close the episode, I'd like to ask uh, two final questions to Alejandro. You know, hopefully you're able to continue to, to have those conversations with your brother. Maybe he'll have a chance to hear this podcast right now, you know, if you send the episode to him. You know, if he was listening right now, Alejandro, what would you say to your brother? I would tell him, you know, bro, this is my faith that I've learned and I've really have held on to. And I know this is um, something that will just help me for the better in, in my life. And so that's the reason I share with you, because I do love you like my brother that you are. And if God wills, I hope you one day join the church as well. Thank you, Alejandro. And, and Mark, if Andre were to be listening right now, what would you say to him? I'd say I know that you are looking for peace and that you, you want to live a happy life. But what if you can take that happiness to another level? So we want to thank everybody for joining us today. Thank you, Alejandro, for sharing your story, your inspiring moments in your life and the challenges as well, giving us a closer look into the conversations that you've had in your life. Thank you so much, Alejandro. Yes, Martin. It's been good sharing my life experiences here. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great conversation. Uh, thank you, Mark for sharing your story as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us and for introducing us to your friend. Andre, if you are listening, you know, doors always open not only in, in the house of worship, but also in joining us whenever we go out. Thank you, Brother Richie. Again, most importantly, thank you so much for providing us and the listeners with spiritual guidance on how to navigate probably one of the hardest things um, that we have to face in life and, and being able to be brave enough to shine as lights, to share our faith, but confidently and compassionately converse that with other people. Thank you so much, Brother Richie. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving us a chance to, to join. And for all of our listeners, uh, please follow our hashtag on Instagram, hashtag Heart and Soul Conversations, to stay up to date with all things heart and soul. Uh, that's it from us today. And depending on when you're listening to this, I hope you have a happy new year. Hope we were able to help. Hope we were able to connect. And we hope you'll join us next time, ready to listen with all your heart and soul. Take care.